Hola, ¿qué tal? Film family, it's Isusko, aka The Time Scheduler. Um, I'm going to say big, big love. We are now into July, second week, doing it. Um, got a great episode this week with Alex Pumphrey from Film and TV Charity CEO. Superwoman, extraordinaire. Um, so you can have a great time listening to that. Ashtavimilu, um, to all of my beautiful people out in Lithuania, you have made me a super happy dude because you've got us to number one in your charts. So I'll say it again, Ashtavimilu. Um, thank you. And got back into the charts in España. So massive, massive love. Muchas gracias. A ti, que si estás escuchando a mí, big love. Te quiero mucho. Um, and thank you all for again for listening, for sticking with me. Kind of getting close to episodes 80. Um, drop a drop a little review in the Apple Podcast if you can. That would be amazing. Um, also, want to just kind of double up on my outro intro, love even. Um, Bugsy and Reese at Twice Pictures for the money. Jay Lusser, Elvin Prentice, Alan Hopkins, Jack Driver, Tony Crouch. Uh, the donations page for the charity walk is still up. It's going to get put down on the Friday, taken down on the Friday. So thank you everyone who's donated. Go check the outro for your big love. Let's get started. So hi, Film Family. Um, a super special guest today. Um, someone that I honestly didn't think I'd be able to kind of get on the podcast to, to have a chat with because she's, um, I've guessed, a superwoman and is doing amazing things for us as a community and the company charity, sorry, that she works for, um, has really helped so many of us through these last few months. So I just want to firstly say thank you for coming on and giving us your time. Um, if you could just tell the listeners who you are and um, what you do and where you work. Hello. <laughs> That's quite a lot to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for the searing disappointment. Um, my, na- my name is Alex Pumphrey and um, I'm Chief Executive of the Film and TV Charity, and it's lovely to be here and be able to talk to you. Amazing. So um, I guess we can, I'd always like to kind of give the listeners a little something about your personal background and where you've come from and, and a little bit of your history, just so they got a little understanding of who you are. And then I'd love to go through just what the charity has done um, from the beginning of the year and through lockdown and, and to where we are now. Sure. So my my background, my passion is has been in television and that's where I've spent, you know, nearly all of my career that's the thing that always got me excited and I love the um I think it's a real part of our social fabric television you know what we watch what we enjoy together what we learn collectively um how it shapes us as a as a people as a nation so that's kind of you know that's my love I worked at channel four um a million years ago and um then for a long period of time, worked for Freeview, the TV company. Um, and when I first found out about this job, I was sort of like, oh, that's interesting. There's a charity there. And I can talk a bit more about the charity and the history of it. Mm. Oh, there's a charity there that supports people working in my industry that I've worked in for 20 years and I've never heard of this charity before. It's exactly the same. Pro- that li- Literally, I had exactly the same thought. It was only this year. I've not been in it, for, you know, 2007, properly been in it. And all of a sudden, someone mentioned about TV, film and TV chat. It was like, I had no idea. I just had yeah. no idea. I'm just, I was yeah. blind to it. And that's kind of been the tragedy of it in a way is, you know, there's this sort of little diamond in the rough there yeah. that wasn't, um, 
you know, wasn't really being used, sheltered about, doing the things that it could do. Um, but I was incredibly fortunate because, I mean, really, so you may, you may or you may not know, but the charity has been around for nearly 100 years. Mm. Um, it was founded in 1924, yeah. um, which is sort of astonishing. And it kind of grew up out of the film and cinema industry, because mm-hmm. you will notice those TV animacs, and that, that is before television was invented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, it, you know, and we do really, you know, lovely work over a long time, helping people in times of need, just in a very low profile and really, yeah. you know, low impact way. And the thing that excited me was the opportunity to uh, modernize the charity to make it relevant to the pressures that people are facing within the industry and that the industry itself is facing today and that was mm. kind of my mission and yeah I was I was I was incredibly fortunate I had a you know a, a board who wanted to make that change they knew it needed transforming mm. and they were sort of pretty pretty much up for whatever I was whatever I was suggesting I did. Carte so blonde. Able, yeah and we've been able to do you know, we spent, so I joined at the end of 2017 and we did have to spend a bit of time just sorting out the basics. Um, um, and then, and I'm sure we can talk more, more about this, we went into the mental health work yes. properly last year. Mm. Um, that was kind of the new, new stuff for us. And then, you know, as for everyone, kind of the world got turned upside down by COVID and everything that's fallen out of that. So I'm, you know, incredibly honoured to be able to do this job and it feels you know, it, my my sort of joint, I suppose, the things I really care about are, one is our industry and particularly television that I've spent most of my career in, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a creative, I'm not that person. The thing I love doing is enabling and supporting and making mm. all of that happen. And all the roles I've done in my career have been about that because I'm not, um, you know, I, I admire, um, I admire the creatives in our industry hugely and I know I'm not, I never will be one of them, but whatever I can do to make that work yeah. is, um, you know that's sort of what I've dedicated my career to. So it's kind of the perfect, it's kind of the perfect job for me. Um, it's like the perfect job at the perfect time for that. You know, you kind of so so you, you kind of mentioned about you know needing to just, I guess, get the basics set and and have a strong foundation. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Has that then now given you a real good place to start building your? or the like the the new i don't know what my question is i'm i'm kind of just i want to just get a sense of how important that mental health was to you and was that your kind of first big thing that you're like this is where I'll, this is this is the thing that i've seen and i'd like to touch on first yeah it was and i had a sort of instinct about mental health as a sort of you know topic area mm. i have to pay much more attention to from really you know from the moment that i i joined um and then that was, you know, there were stories that I heard in my first. So actually, um, I joined and almost immediately found out I was pregnant with my second child. So I oh, had congratulations. Six <laughs> <laughs> He's two now. <laughs> Very hard work. Um, but yeah, so I joined and I, I, I knew I literally had six months before I was going to have to go off and, on maternity leave, um, which was terrifying, but also quite useful because it meant I just had this really tight time mm. window and I had to be quite careful about deciding what I wanted to do in that space of time and um and obviously I wanted to do a lot of listening a lot of talking to people kind of learning about you know where that need was that the charity could could meet um and when I went and um I spoke to I spoke to I went up to the northeast mm-hmm. 
um, and heard stories of, and I hope you don't mind me talking about this, but about, you know, not singular, but multiple um, deaths, suicides out there. Oh, wow. And it was a real, I mean, that idea that that was happening and that that wasn't, I didn't feel like it was known that it was acknowledged, mm. um, you know, for all the years I'd spent at somewhere like Channel 4 working in a glass box on Horse Ferry Road in the middle of London, I would have no clue that that was what was going on. Um, and that kind of, I suppose, gave way to the idea that, you know, the charity needs to be able to be that conduit that can, and that channel that can find those experiences and shine a light on them and make them understood and then do the things that it can and work with industry to, to try and help address them. So there was that, there was also the story of, um, which I've spoken about in the past, a uh, location manager by the name of Michael Harm, who did a lot of work for both Warner Brothers, who worked on the Harry, early Harry Potter films, and also for the BBC. And he um, took his own life in um, January of uh, 2017. Um, and his colleagues had come to us saying, the industry needs to do more, the industry yeah. needs to do more to look after its own. And that was another, so these things, and and, and then we had, and, and Weinstein actually as well, the Weinstein scandal blew up when I was about two weeks, two weeks into the job. Um, and another one of those moments of like, wow, we really need to be, we need to be tackling these issues. We need to be understanding what they are. And, you know, that for me is the role of the charity. It's, it's, it's offering the support to people um, when and where they need it, but it's also kind of really working in and amongst the industry to mm. stop this happening in the first place, to make yeah. changes strategically that, you know, mean we don't, and, you know, we're still not there yet, and we're probably a long way from it, but that we can eradicate some of those bad behaviours like bullying and harassment, that we can make sure people are properly supported in their work. Um, and so, and everything I've learned since then has only kind of strengthened my belief I suppose, in, in, in the need for that. So, so if yeah. you were ever wondering why I called you a superwoman, literally the last 10 minutes or five minutes of the, you've just been saying such amazing things that you're trying to do. That's why, you know, that, that what you're doing and how the charity is working, it's just really, and, and as you said, as a, as an individual crew member, you are can you can sometimes be part of a very strong team but there's a lot of times that you are an individual and you can sometimes do feel have your own individual things that are going on at home and then you, you go to work and you just put a brave face and there's no hr and there's no way to be able to communicate um and i just i really really i know i'm gonna i'm probably gonna thank you all the way through this episode but i'm, I'm just you know i just i really do want to thank I you for, tomorrow i'm gonna find this really yeah <laughs> I just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. I think I can think of like, get you a cape. That's it. That's it. Your new <laughs> uniform now is part cape with, this, with a big S on the back. But you know, you all the, the things K, that you're... So it was, sorry, if you'd seen the chaos that was going on in the early days of lockdown when I had two kids at home running riot whilst <laughs> I was also trying to do conference calls and everything else, I think it was all quite the opposite. But anyway. Um, um, well, look, now, I, I, how has... So then, yeah, let's talk about that. How has... I guess the start of the year and and I, for me for me personally there was a, a one of our um unit medics who um who took her own life and and then that led to to finding out about the film and tv charity and everything that that, that you were doing on, on on that respect um and then there was and then there was the the kind of lockdown hit and then that was when it felt like there was a real big surge of 
I just kind of started seeing film and TV charity in places and seeing it more and seeing it online and social media. And I don't know if I was just more aware of it or whether there was a real strong emphasis on trying to get out there to, to really be super helpful. But what was that initial kind of week of lockdown or what were the initial processes in your head that, that you thought um, about for, for, for COVID? I mean, I, look, I mean, I think... Uh, I can't claim that we had any kind of neatly mapped out plan for this. I don't think anyone no, can. No one does. The whole world still really. Um, you know, I suppose what was sort of fortunate for us is we 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 did a we had our we developed a new kind of look and brand towards the end of last year. So we were kind of pretty well poised to be mm. going out there and talking more about ourselves and what we do. We'd announced our mental health program in February. Mm-hmm um so you know literally kind of weeks before lockdown started um and you know that's a really ambitious program for how we work with and change industry to support mental health better Mm. um and then as you say kind of covid hit and everything sort of suddenly turned upside down and i remember we had we had a conversation in the office about we were going to have to sort of rehearse or working from home day that we'd set for um i think it must have been wednesday the 25th of march am i getting my dates right and then, of course, lockdown was announced, and our rehearsal working from home day was that was it. That was our working from home. Then working from home. There was no rehearsal. Do it. In, Shoot in the way. rehearsal, as they say. And, uh, <laughs> um, and we were, you know, everyone was at home, and it's been, you know, I, I can't really imagine what it's been like for people working within the industry. You know, we know tens of thousands of people just lost their livelihoods overnight mm. um it happened very suddenly uh you know of course there are many wonderful things about being a freelancer but you know the big massive downside that's become very apparent is that you, you don't have any of that job security mm. and mm. then kind of to double down on that the lack of you know meaningful government support for our sector and actually for most of the creative industries which has just absolutely shattered everyone mm. working within the industry so we did a we did a little survey at the end of March, beginning of April that suggested probably 93% of our freelancers weren't working at that point. So sort of very small proportion of people, you know, doing news, essential stuff like that would have been working. And three quarters of them didn't expect to be eligible for any form of government support, um, which, you know, frankly kind of makes a mockery of the idea of the self-employment income support scheme for yeah. our industry. When we when we are a huge contributor to the UK economy in the middle of last year, we were the only sector that was stopping the entire UK economy sliding into recession. So, um, and we've got, you know, friends and colleagues around the industry who've done, you know, I think a really uh, brilliant job of keeping up the pressure on government. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think there's been a real lack of willingness to adapt those schemes for specific sectors, but our focus turned very quickly to sort of how do we support those people who are kind of immediately impacted by what's going on um and i think it was that week uh second week of march the beginning of that week when everyone saw we knew lockdown was coming we didn't quite know when um and we got as many calls to our support line in three days as we'd be normally getting in three months so it went off the charts so that support line just for the people that don't know is it's a 24 hour seven days a week it's yeah yeah it's so it's completely free um it's no 800 number it's confidential and independent nothing you say there comes back to us or to anyone else um 
it's it's available 24 7 we did that very deliberately we know that you know particularly production schedules don't happen within neat working hours so you know three in the morning and you can't sleep and you need to speak to someone you know we're nice. there um it's on 0800 054 it's also available through there's a sort of web chat function on our website so if you don't want to speak to someone you just want to be able to chat online to someone there's a pop-up box on the website that um allows you to speak to someone that way as well which is sort of increasingly popular also mm. and it's yeah and it's you know and the people that work on it with us are brilliant um it can be just listening in like if you if you really just want to talk to someone um, who's not your you know your family um yeah. or your friends that's you know that's what we're there for but it does also um provide access to a whole host of services including um we can put you into online um online therapy courses uh video counseling we've introduced since the start of lockdown oh, wow. to face to face so yeah. free sessions of counts um counseling and therapy and then we've introduced some specific stuff so um uh, specialist bereavement counselling for people who've been, um, you know, directly affected by by COVID, sadly, in that way as well. So, mm. as well as legal advice and debt advice and things that were there before. So actually, it's more it is a listening ear, but it's much more than that. Um, and if you've got a kind of question or worry or concern, I'd always encourage you to give, um, you know, give our folks a call and see how they can help. They're really brilliant. Anyway, I went off piece from where I was going originally. Oh, the, the um, I love it. It's good. Great. That's, you know, that, and that information I'll put in the um, bio as well. Yeah, that would be great. Thank yep. you. Um, and yeah, so we were sort of immediately, we could see that there were a lot of people who were understandably just very anxious about what the future held, you know, perhaps particularly because of the timing mm. had had a quiet winter or been out of yeah. work for the winter, just coming back into the market for the spring and summer and suddenly realized that nothing yeah. was going to be there. Um, so we, we've, we've got a hardship fund that we've always run that's been there for people in times of need. And normally that's been because something's happened to you personally that has, you know, prevented you from working, um, illness, or, you know, um, very often. And we used that fund in the early days and we actually helped um, uh, 400 people wow. um, grants just to, I mean, very short-term grants at that point. And we were sort of busy thinking about how we could create a more sustainable solution to support people, knowing that we weren't going to, like we weren't going to be able to plug the gap that's left by the lack of government support because that yeah. runs into the billions of yeah. pounds. But really keen that we could do um, as much as we can to, you know, those in most and greatest need to, um, you know, kind of prevent the worst happening to them, and that process was then kind of really catalyzed by Netflix who were amazing, I have to say. And mm. they created this big hundred million dollar fund in the U S and then spoke to us and said, look, we want to be able to put a million dollars actually ended up being a million pounds um, through the film and TV charity to enable to get, you know, that helped to, to get direct people that need it. And with, you know, because Netflix did that, then others came on board as well. And we mm. ended up creating 3.3 million pounds um, that, you know, including, and yes, that, you know, the Netflixes of the world are wonderful, but also, you know, community fundraisers, people who'd raised, you know, two, three, four, five thousand pounds, ten thousand pounds. Yeah. A woman called Emily Cook, who did like Doctor Who watch alongs. And, you know, all of that means as much to us as the kind of, as the, as the big figure sums as well. And that meant we 
managed to help nearly 2000 people. Um, and for a number of that, you know, 20% of those said that they would have been homeless had they not had that help. Wow, that's amazing. They, they literally wouldn't, have, you know, they wouldn't have been able to pay the rent um, and would have been out of their home. So, yeah, that's been wonderful. But, you know, now we, we know the world's still difficult and will be difficult mm. for a while longer. So we're also, you know, trying to think ahead about what comes next. Um, how can we continue supporting people? I'm really worried about our kind of younger talent and our diverse talent within the industry who will yeah. have less financial resilience, less savings, probably less kind of family finance behind them to be able to sort of, you know, and I already know individual stories of people who've left the industry. And that's, you know, that's a real concern for me is that people mm. will not be able to stay here. And that as we do get things back up and running, we find, you know, we find as an industry, we've lost brilliant, talented people. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we're, we're we're moving to now. Amazing, and 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 I guess the 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 next step or just another plate spinning to your many plates in the air. Um, I saw a, an email that came out that um, had these five commitments. Um, maybe yeah. we could just touch base on 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 a little bit on that and what that is and and how that's going to help. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think. I mean, we talk a lot about mental health and well-being, and of course, well-being has lots of different dimensions to it. It's about, you know, it is about your physical well-being, which is kind of a concern, you know, a particular concern during a pandemic, and your financial well-being and your mental well-being. And I think what became clear to us was that, you know, first of all, the effects of the pandemic aren't evenly distributed. So, you know, we know at national level that certain groups and communities are being impacted more severely so mm. black and asian minority ethnic um, families and single parent families are being hit hardest financially by COVID-19 there's, there's evidence now that shows that um, and and then of course on to, you know piled on top of this there's this kind of accumulation of factors effect you know we had a we had a workforce that was largely out of work not well supported by the government the health, the health and the finance effects of COVID-19. Um, and then, of course, the death of George Floyd and the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, which brings with it, I think, huge hope and optimism in some really positive dimensions, but also resurfaces a lot of trauma and um, mm. racial trauma for, for particularly Black people working within our industry. Um, you know, we're only three years ago, we were a very old fashioned charity. So I would be the first to hold my hands up and say, we are not internally anywhere near what we should be in terms of our, our racial diversity specifically. We're, mm -hmm. we're kind of okay in our dimensions of diversity. Um, and we, I don't think have done as much as we could and should do to reach out to uh, underrepresented communities within our industry. And, you know, I do include all of the Black and Asian, um, and other ethnic minority communities, also disabled communities, LGBT communities. I mean, there are lots. Um, there are lots of you know grassroots groups, organisations, and obviously all the individuals out there that I think um, you know will need and benefit from some more specific support. So that's one thing that we want to be able to do more of in the future. Um, but I suppose the bigger, and, and then we're we're looking at there was a community grants fund that we ran in May 
um, which was designed to help cover costs for people doing things to help their kind of peer groups within the industry. And we're doing a specific version of that for Black, Asian, and minority ethnic people within the industry mm. because of the, you know, the specific need they have now. And I think we have to recognise that this has, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement has, it does place a huge mental toll on our, you know, Black people within our industry. Um, I don't know if you heard, I was talking yesterday about the fact that at the radio, when DJ Clara Amfo, the, the weekend after um, George Floyd died, she, she didn't go, she didn't do her radio show that Monday and she spoke on the Tuesday about why that was because she basically, she, she you know, it was too, it become too much for her. It was too difficult. It had, um, you know, brought up such a lot of emotions for her. I'm not going to remember her words and I don't want to um, get them wrong, but mm. You know, and that is the effect that we're, you know, at the charity we are hearing from people. Um, it's, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot for people to cope with. And I think all of us, it's sort of incumbent on all of us to support our black colleagues within the industry at the current time. Um, and particularly for us as a charity, you know, that's our mission. I think we need to do much more and better at that. Mm. Um, and then we want to, you know, and I want to. And this probably sounds wildly ambitious, but I also want to see, how, you know, what we can do as we have the sort of benefit of being able to operate pan industry and we're, and we're neutral. We're not, you know, we're not a sort of institutional corporate. So I think we can sometimes do things. And it's what we've done with the mental health work. We can kind of do things that others can't and we can draw people together around the table. Mm. So um, I think a lot has been exposed about the extent of racism, systemic racism within our industry. And I think it would be really interesting, exciting and powerful if we could, um, provide platforms to our communities within industries that have experienced racism to be able to talk about it um, you know in a completely safe way and have those stories heard by the power you know the sort of the powers within the industry and see what we can do to kind of galvanize action really and I don't yet know what that looks like um, but I would, you know, I would love us to play an active role in in being able to. Um, I was going to say tackle that, which sounds that makes it sound, I think, simpler than it really is. I don't, you know, there aren't any easy answers. But I think being able to talk much more openly, openly about the existence of racism within the industry um, is is a you know a necessary first yes. step is finding yeah. some complications. Agreed. That's that's and I, and I guess that's it's the conversations. It's the it's the starting of um, and and friends of mine in the band community. It's kind of having that, and it is supposed to be an awkward conversation because it's kind of challenging our beliefs or not our beliefs, but but our our pre-existed social biases that we've just you know that have, have come along. And I think it is a a, a fantastic. Um, realization i think is that maybe the wrong word but i just i just feel like it's it's something that has been needed for a long time and um and individuals are taking it upon themselves to kind of do more um and educating themselves on everything and 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 i guess the light being being shone on it is fantastic and i think everyone taking the doing what they can individually or as a company or as a charity or whatever that they can to do to then incrementally make the issues um not go away but just help um yeah. just do their bit you know if everyone was just to help their their bit 
and do their bit. I think I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, we've we've certainly like inside the charity, we've been having a lot of conversations about this, about you know where our blind spots have been. So actually, interestingly, in the you know, the mental health work we did last year, we asked questions about bullying and we asked questions about sexual harassment and we didn't ask questions about racism. And now we look at that now and say, well, that was obviously a massive omission. Mm. Um, and so we need to correct for those things. And, you know, my, I suppose one, one of the things that really kind of, um, you know, was a bit of a punch in the stomach for me in a helpful way was when someone came to me and he said, you know, you're not doing enough to support black freelancers. Mm. And, you know obviously initially when you hear that kind of criticism you become defensive and you say but we're here for everyone and we do this and this and this and that and the other and then you know as that idea percolates you think actually no we're not because we're not you know we hadn't been doing enough to recognize the specific experience mm. of you know in this instance um you know black people working within the industry and we do need to do more and i think so all of us are, you know i suppose it's my way of saying I'm on, you know, I'm in that process too, mm. um, you know, in common with many people trying to, you know, listen, learn, read a lot, um, make sure we can do, and, and, you know, acknowledging that we won't get the language right all the time, but that it's, mm. you know, you've got to take the first steps into those conversations yeah. and it does get, you know, it does get more, comfortable with time and actually when you begin to talk about it it's suddenly even for me it like feels incredibly liberating to be able to talk about it without kind of pussyfooting around the subject that before has always felt like you shouldn't really go there mm. um so yeah Amazing. i'm really i am really excited about that it's like there's no end there is no end to the talent here there's no there is going to be no stone unturned that you're not going to try and fix it feels like that's you know, if if yeah, okay. well, I don't, we're not we're not going to be. There's no magic wand, unfortunately. <laughs> um, much but just it. like you know, amazing. And and I know I, I kind of <laughs> you know we 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 sort of I feel really strongly on a personal level. We have to do what we can, and I think we've got to be. Um, you know, I, I think we've got to be realistic about what we can achieve as well. Mm. Um, these are all of these are sort of long-term processes and when we talk about mental health stuff we say it's a 10-year it needs to be a 10-year strategy yeah um, there's some stuff i think i hope we can get underway pretty quickly but you know if you're really trying to change entrenched cultures and behaviors and ways of working that doesn't happen very easily and sometimes no. it's you know it might be a generational shift as much as anything else it'd be naive um, to think that it could you know it, it, as you said the charity's been around since the early 1900s you know 100 years on almost 100 years it's going to be yeah. tough to, to you know and even and and from a from a personal perspective learning how a film set works now you know just to kind of yeah. for that side with how covid is it's like we have always worked a certain way for the last hundreds well for the few for the last few generations there has been a certain way that film sets have run and now covid's coming and, and everyone's having to rethink their team, their workflow, their strategy, um, and I just and and I guess for for people that have been affected and that you've helped, I just want to say thank you because I know we're getting close to the half hour of recording that I, I promised myself I wouldn't take up longer than my allocated time that I'd asked for. Um, so I guess you know from for the last half hour, thank you so much for kind of coming on. Let us know what the film and TV have done, have been doing, and are planning to do. 
I think it's amazing. Um, my superwoman quote still stands. It's probably even elevated even higher. And if you start running for government, I like more, but <laughs> like I'm voting for you. Whatever. <laughs> so I always love to um, give the floor to the guest um, in case there's a project, a person, a thing that they even just want to say thank you to or, or highlight. So is there anyone or anything that you want to give a shout out to? I think the thing... I think the thing that's been, I mean, there's, I mean, God, the last few months have been horrific, but I think the thing to take, I take real heart from is this idea of the industry community and the way in which it's pulled together and um, the fact that people have just created all these channels of support, you know, including things like this podcast and, you know, other people are running, you know, webinars, have been doing something out of their own pockets, sort of pull people together and offer support to them or skills training. Um, you know, the number of people who've done fundraisers for the charity and as I say, you know, the one that earns, you know, makes a thousand or two thousand pounds out of a fundraise that means as much to us as the big donations we get from the corporates because that's, you know, that comes from a place of the people that really care for their colleagues and their friends in the industry. And so I think, you know, I suppose I want to thank everyone within the industry for their sort of care and compassion and resilience through all of this. and hope that we can that that's what we can capture and that's what we can grow um as we come out of this and you know i think really that's you know that needs to be part of the charity's mission is how can we help foster that really supportive industry community because we can't do it all as a charity but i no. think if we can you know the industry can sort of do a lot to support one another and um and we can help create um the environment for that that was a very long-winded answer oh, to a simple question. I love it. We'll let you get the film God's applause at the end. Thank you so, 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 so much for coming on and giving us my time. It's amazing. Um, and I get, and I'll... <laughs> well, you are. You, you and your team, they, you, you know, the charity, you all deserve so much love and respect and so much credit. The team for, is amazing. They really you know, have. For everything that they're doing. And, and it, it, I know it's not been, it's not been the, the easiest of environments to kind of have to help out, but helping out and having the phone line, having that, that 24 seven phone line, helping, having the COVID funds, the, the, the grants that you kind of sent out and, and just being safety net's the wrong word but being a and comfort blanket's the wrong word but being that finding that gap between safety net and comfort blanket <laughs> you become, i just think it's really amazing you know it's just amazing so thank you for all for everything that you've done and if if you have helped out any of my friends you know thank you and for everyone that that you've helped that maybe hasn't that's what we're here for being able to say thank you you know i'm just going to keep saying thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you so please keep just keep doing it you're all amazing um i really appreciate all your hard work thank you yeah i will pass it back onto the team they'll be thrilled amazing well look film family thank you for listening um if you know someone that's going through some difficult times if you know someone that's had some some issues that they want to talk about please go into the bio hit the link go to the website i'm going to put it in the bio um, the film and TV charity are there to support you, your friends, your colleagues, your loved ones through any time of, you know, even once COVID is, is fine and we've all got the injection and, you know, everyone's going to, there's still going to be issues that are going to be happening for the rest of our lifetimes and in, in, in our industry that, you know, Alex and the team and 
and charities like the film and tv charity are going to be there to help you and and people that you know and love so use them they're there to help um keep safe ladies and gents and until we meet again that is a wrap so that was a chat with the king or queen in the game i'll give it a shout at the end so you all know the name it's the film gods podcast the what the film god podcast Yes. So here we go for the outro, week number two of outros. Now we've got 13 anonymouses, which I kind of really gutted that I can't name you all. Um, but there's no back page, back end area that I can suddenly magically find out who you are if you did click anonymous. So if you clicked anonymously, massive, massive love. Uh, then Philip Juma, Johnny Don, Gemma from Talent Talks, Harriet Staples, Erin Large, Dan Giblin, Icareno, uh, my beautiful parents, my mum, papa, Sidney Triss, Duncan Hodge, Ian from Chester Location, Dave Cannon, Sean Cotter, Jane Fryers, George Cassavetti, Aram, Woodbridge, Kate Smith, Davy Stocks, Jenny, John Schwan, Sarah Brixton, Charlie Henderson, Joe Jameson, Mahilana, Colin Hodge, Nicola Dempsey, Thomas, Kelly, TK, uh, Harry Finden, Maddie Easton, Callum Toms, Lucy Kelly, Alice A.P. Sukata, uh, Luke Goodrum, Jason Bradley, Gwen and Carlito, Jono Yates, Carl and Katie, Adrian Smith, Matty Marsden, Mark Gibson, Helen Ball, Alexandra Vocal, Mikey Lavelle, Cat in the Hat, Neighbor Extraordinaire, Armate Hussein, Sam Brown, Callbox, Matt Randall, Bobby DeGale, Emma Garrett, Gareth Carruthers, Golf Bros. Robbie and Nikki, Steve Colgrave, Jessica Wiley, Eve Coles, Jess Horn, SJM Rob, Jonathan Sidwell, Sam Jackson, John Joe Driscoll, Steve Caducci, Luke Frazier, James Collins, Katuna, Armour Brown, Daisy and Alex Bates, Coys, Tony Crouch, Dave Fogarty, Claire Leg, Brett and Rachel Lady, Bryony Goldstone and Andy Irvin. What? Cuffs. Run out of breath, Nick and Flo, Nick Forrester, Sion, Sammy C, Alan Convey, Nick and Kath, Hannah Draper, George Buxton, Jamie Russell, Flint, uh, Johnny Don again, a double drop, man is a legend, uh, Russell Curtis, Cy Lakos, Lucy Gossage, Max Methley, Ed Kello, Clara Paris, Will Nichols, Erin and Ross, everyone at Wagon Worlds, Jackie Pringle and Graham Cole. All of you beautiful, beautiful people that donated your hard-earned money to to me for that 35-mile walk. You'd be happy to know that the feet are back, the knees are back, everything is groovy. Um, so thank you, ladies and gents, for everything that you've done. Uh, it comes down on Friday. Yeah, a couple more days. Um, but we've smashed the target. It was all down to you. Thanks very much, ladies and gents. Now go and have a cracking week. Big love.